Welcome to the podcast, Leadership is the Conversation. A discussion with today's top business leaders on topics to keep busy professionals informed. Today we have in the studio Ron Kripe, Jim Dixon, and Tom Meyer. And I'm your host, Rick Ainsworth. Top performing teams know the distinction between results and relationships, as well as their interdependence. Today, the group talks about the importance of each and the role training and development plays in achieving high-quality teams. There was a lot of people at the beginning of the pandemic that said, oh, we just can't do that. Right. And, right. and, and they, you know, everything stopped. Yeah. Well, but I think, Rick, actually what that, in my mind, what that demonstrates is a classic uh, misunderstanding of the term training and development. Mm-hmm. We're in the training and development business and always have been for 30, 40 years. What happens is so many people focus on that first word, training. <laughs> Yeah. And they think everything is training, like it's front of the room, seminar, that type of thing. And they're not really focusing on the deeper issue of development. What are you really getting from this association with Equus or this association with Tom or this or this conversation with Rick? Well, it, now that, that pushes someone to the value of the exercise, uh, not just it's a one-shot type of a thing a training is a one-shot thing eight to five we're done all right, right. stick a fork in me i'm done no development is a, a journey okay what am i learning from this how can i apply this and i'm very proud of a lot of the clients that we've had that really look at development not necessarily training and development um is different from training in that development hinges on First and foremost, a relationship. Training does not. You can go to a training course. You can learn how to use a different software. You can. Um, training doesn't necessitate or require a relationship. It, it's, you know, you, you check the box, you get the credential, you you walk out with the paper, and you're done. If you're really gonna involve in developing, or you want to be involved in developing employees, or developing managers or developing staff, there is a level of vulnerability in that process as people explore kind of some of the stuff that mm-hmm. creates issues for them that there has to be a relationship in place for. And that's that's why we always go back to how solid is the relationship we have with our clients? How solid is the relationship we have with our the people we coach or the people, to use your term, lead, uh, Rick, servant lead? You know, it's it's that's what distinguishes development from training almost as much as anything else. Well, and building on that, too, uh, Tom, is that we all know that relationships take time. It yeah. takes it takes a, a, a great deal of time to develop a really good relationship with people, both personally and professionally. Well, the same is true when it comes to training and development. Development takes a lot of time. There are some very basic foundational things that we try to get across to our clients. And, and the more simple you make those, the more uh, actionable they become inside an organization. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of those concepts is the need for any leader from the CEO all the way down to the customer service person on the front line needs to balance uh, managing the results and managing the relationships. Right. If you if you think about those as being on axes, if, if you know, think about a vertical axis and a horizontal axis on the horizontal axis, you've got results 
on the vertical access axis, you've got relationships. And there are some managers that are really good at the relationships and not so good at enforcing the results. And that will not get you any level of success. There are other managers that are really good at managing the results, but not so good at managing the relationships. And that will equally um, result in ineffectiveness. You have to be able to thread the needle between the two. This is tied entirely in my brain back to training and development and how they get linked together. You train people to achieve results. You develop the relationships. Right. You develop the person. So, in Jim, in answer to your question, it's a good question. What do we see when people don't do that? What, what I think what we've seen over the years is um, or, uh, organizations that are overly focused on achievement of results. So lots of training, lots of resources, lots of classes, but they leave the issue of, of managing the relationships or developing the relationships off the table. It ends up creating a hard-driving shallow culture where people don't feel like they can thrive. They don't feel like they're the diversity of their opinion or the diversity of their perspective is acknowledged and respected within a safe space. I think the converse is the interesting organization that focuses endlessly on the, the relationships and leaves the results on the cutting room floor. What we're teaching people is how to thread that needle. We teach leaders how to thread that needle effectively, and we support one side of that spectrum pretty fully. I'm assuming that they're hiring people to achieve the results and that they can provide tools and resources and websites. And, you know, that's all in the training end of of this. Uh, To your point, Tom, you brought up the distinction of results versus relationships Mm -hmm. and threading that needle. How would you characterize a majority of your coaching conversations Mm. in terms of those two? Such a good question. Um, People don't come in my coaching relationships with the executives I work for and with. They don't come to me with questions about how to generate results. It is how do I manage the relationships? How do I, I've got this person that I need to motivate. Rick. Something that just struck me. Yeah. The the people who have been successful have been the ones who have viewed results in context of their relationships. Yes, absolutely. It's it, it's they thread the, the needle. The, the people who approach the pandemic with the idea, oh my God, we're not going to get results. We're not going to be able to. They're not the ones who've been successful. The ones who have been successful is we've got to get results, but we have to get them through our people. Yeah. I think with me, most of the clients that come to me for coaching, uh, they're pretty good at relationship building in the first place. And they're not going to come to me and ask me for a, what I would call a tactical result. Like they might be a sales executive. They're, they're making their sales. They're making a really good, and they're not coming to Jim to say, Hey, how can I be a better salesperson? What they're coming to me on, how can they leverage their relationship ability to help them with, I would call it strategic results. Like how can they get better results through Mm -hmm. people? Jim has, and I have worked with a lot of coaching clients over a 30 year period. And 
I've been thinking in the back of my mind, what makes somebody a really good coaching client and, and what makes somebody struggle in that space or struggle in that, in that process? Because I've had, I've had clients that have done amazing work. They've stretched themselves. They've pushed forward. They've handled some really tough challenges. I mean, I would, I would consider them to be rock star coaching clients. And then I've had other people that because of our executive leadership programs, they all involve coaching. Right. Like if you go through an ex, uh, uh, one of the robust leadership programs, you go through a coaching initiative too. And, you know, it's not law of averages, right? You're going to get a couple of people that don't buy into the whole coaching thing. Right. Like, I'm just here to go to the workshops. I'm just here to be a better leader. I don't really need the coaching. I don't really want the coaching. But they, they go through it. They're good sports. They go through it anyway. And, and, and I am the same coach. I am the exact same coach with both of those clients. And I think what differentiates them is their investment in the relationship. Actually, it's what I was thinking, too, is that we have had clients before that likes to what I call metricize things. Yes. Let's put <laughs> metrics on everything that we do. Yep. Well, first of all, you can't put a metric on a relationship. You, you make me think, uh, Jim, that there's no shortcut to having influence. You can't yeah. step over the relationship. Yeah, and you can't, you can't mess with the formula. So... In this vein of the importance of relationships, you know, and threading that mm-hmm. needle between relationships and results, um, when does it when does it not work? And and one of the awareness sometimes, you know, we we learn a lot as we're talking out loud. One of the things that I've just had an awareness around is it it doesn't tend to work, or it tends to fall flat when we try to find ways to force accountability. Um, if I'm a coach with a client and that client is not accountable to me or the process, I can attempt to influence that. But the more I try to force that level of accountability, the more sideways the coaching is going to go. Learning from 30 years. Relationships are based on trust and authenticity and, and deep connection. If people are going to do work, they're going to be vulnerable in the Brene Brown definition of vulnerable. They're, they're, going to, they're going to walk into that conversation and say, help me manage this. And sometimes it's not always effective to have a third party in that conversation to quote right. unquote hold you accountable. There's no, there's no reason to hold people accountable if in fact they are not willing to be accountable. Well, and I, you're, not, you're not going to do that with a structure. So if I understand what you're saying then, Tom, Accountability is something you give, not something someone else can place on you. It is the one thing that the client brings to the equation that they have complete control over. What I think we need to to redefine is the result, because we were talking about results earlier. You know, we kind of want to put results in terms of dollars and cents. In development, the return is not in terms of dollars and cents. It's in terms of the improvement of the employee from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of the way we need to, to, to frame that return on investment. Well, and, and the tail of the return on investment is going to tell you everything. You can't it, it, back to my back yeah. to the matrix. If you, if you're measuring results on the horizontal and relationships on the vertical, 
we measure our results through accountability and we have uh, tools and spreadsheets and, um, and, and measuring sticks to, to know whether or not that works. The relationship piece is so organic and so different. If we truly want to measure that, we're going to have to, we're going to, have to measure that using a much longer tail. Um, here, perfect right. example. I, I've been working with um, a senior leadership team for the better part of two years. We've been involved in their strategic planning. And I have coaching conversations, and Jim has, we split, Jim has coaching conversations, and I, with every one of the executives on that team, no one has ever, at the top of that organization, no one's ever said, how do you know it's working? I've never gotten that question once. We are free to have the kind of coaching conversations we need to have because everybody understands the level of accountability to the company. As a result of that work, that leadership team is hitting goals at the end of 2020 in the midst of COVID that they had projected for the end of 2021. That's the measurement. Do you know, is the organization hitting the targets that they set for themselves? And um, it, it doesn't, it can't break down into, is this, is that coaching conversation you have that in, with that leader on Thursday, you know, was that effective? Right. Do you know, how about the one you had a month later? Was that effective? How about three in a row? Was that effective? You, it's, it's too, it defies any kind of measurement, but that doesn't mean you can't see the result. Thank you, Jim, Tom, Ron, for another interesting discussion. Please visit us at our website, www.equisconsulting.com, to learn more and to leave your comments about today's discussion. All views expressed on this podcast are the opinions of the individual participants and do not necessarily represent the views of any organization, employer, or group.